Welcome back to another episode of Call Us Recruits. Like always, I'm your host, Adam. Join along here with Liam and Ben. Oh, boys, it's an exciting weekend. The NFL draft has happened. Without Before that, how's it going today? Yeah, it, it feels like it's been forever since we talked, but uh, it really hasn't been that long. It's just because so much has happened in these past few days with the draft. Uh, it's been awesome to watch. Uh, I hope you guys and our listeners have enjoyed it. Uh, it was an awesome draft. It was, I couldn't have asked for a better draft, personally. That was fucking, that was like almost as good as, or even better than the UFC night, uh, fight night the previous week. It was fucking like, everything could have happened, happened. It was awesome night. Um, just for the listeners, so we gave a pretty extensive lead up to the draft. We're going to do a pretty extensive debrief for the draft. Uh, this is episode one of two. We might even do a third debrief. Um, just, we want to go through each pick. We want to go through the nitty gritty. We want, we want to have conversations about this, um, you know, and, and really, you know, see what teams philosophies are. Cause one of the best things about the draft is you really get to see uh, different teams philosophies. So that's that uh, boys. How was your weekend? How, how did that go? You have a drink or two? I had a couple. Uh, it was a fun weekend. I was finished work Thursday night. Actually didn't have to go on Friday. So I first, first round of the draft was awesome. Second round, third round was awesome. I had a good time Thursday and Friday. But yeah, it was a great weekend for a Dolphins fan. I was super pumped. For an NFL fan, I was super pumped. So everything, like you said, everything that happened could have happened. Very exciting draft. Round one was electric. We'll get into that, all the trades that happened, trades up, trade downs. But so without before we get into the draft, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I don't know what's going on that Packers organization, but Aaron Rodgers wants out. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be the Jeopardy host by the end of this. I have no idea what's going to happen. But what are you guys' initial thoughts on this Aaron Rodgers fiasco? Yeah, kid. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. So last year, um, after last season, so I'm referring to the 2019-2020 season, Aaron Rodgers had kind of a, a decline year. You, if you look at the graph in the past like, years leading up to that, you as a, if you were to make a projection, you were to think it'd be more of a decline uh, as he continued to get older. He's 36 years old. Um so the Green Bay Packers, I remember freaking listening to a Colin Coward saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is done, you know. And so when they drafted Love, I hated the pick, but I understand it. Um, let Aaron Rodgers play for two more years, maybe even three, get rid of him, put Love in, the successor. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. Then 2020, 2021, Aaron Rodgers fucked up every plan because he became the MVP and balled out. And I don't see any signs of aggression coming in soon. You hear that the organization is having troubles because he wants more uh, say in um, the personnel decisions. That's not the way the Green Bay Packers do it. They're old. They're old school. Um, you hear the report that Jay Kumaro, uh, the day after, the day before Aaron Rodgers um, voiced uh, his pleasure with the, with his play, Green Bay Packers cut him, which I thought was a fucking ridiculous, stupid move just on a, a football level. But I... I I think Green Bay backers fucked up. What, what do you guys think about it? Like, I... Yeah, like I, I think Green Bay obviously didn't handle it how they should have. But I think something that hasn't been talked about enough is I really didn't like the timing of Aaron Rodgers releasing this. Uh, I hadn't really heard this talked about except from Joe Horn, uh, who's the Hall, Hall of Famer, I believe, uh, or at least 
perennial pro bowler in his time. Uh, he's the dad of J.C. Horn, who went eighth overall to the Panthers. But he talked about how everyone was just talking about Aaron Rodgers. They weren't talking about all these kids. This was supposed to be these kids' nights. And Aaron Rodgers releases that he wants out, and everyone's talking about him when, like, you're taking the spotlight away from these kids when, like, I really didn't like it. And especially when you have the rumors that Aaron Rodgers is a bit of an asshole in the first place. I really didn't like the timing of, of when he did this. Like I thought he should have let the kids have their moment. Um, but Green Bay also didn't hand like, like they should have at least told him that they were going to draft love and talk to him about it beforehand. They didn't handle it properly, but he has it on his side either. So. Yeah, I mean, that the whole situation just doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, I agree with you. The timing was absurd. And I was talking to this with my brother's friend because we were on a Zoom call for the Thursday night. Like, if he got traded, that would have been the worst thing for these draft prospects because it would have been an electrifying night for football fans. But no one would have cared Trevor Lawrence went one because we talked about Aaron Rodgers getting traded. So I'm happy a blockbuster move didn't happen because it just took the whole night away for a night these kids have worked up to and waited for for their entire lives. So yeah, the time was time was stupid, but like you said, it's been it, it's been poorly handled on Aaron Rodgers' standpoint and the Packers. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know. I I'm thinking his time's done in Green Bay because he said deliberately he does not want to come back. So I'm curious if they trade him or he retires. I have no idea what's going to happen. Hold up. Other than releasing it on draft night, which I, I agree, I agree. I, I didn't like that. It should be about the kids. I, Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> Aaron oh. Rodgers hasn't done anything wrong. If you talk to anyone on his, okay, he is a dick. I, I'm not defending that, that that he's not saying that not, but he hasn't done anything wrong, man. He's been playing his his ass off, and the organization's been a freaking horrible to him. He they, they they haven't drafted a single first round talent for wide receiver. It's embarrassing. I feel bad for the poor guy, man. Like they're letting this talent. Go. They had uh, Favre and then Rodgers. They've won three Super Bowls in like 30 years. You're telling me, like, that's on the organization. that And it comes down to philosophies, right? So it comes down to philosophies. So one of the biggest philosophies in the Green Bay organization is the general manager and the personnel has their own decisions. They don't include quarterback uh, say, and they don't include coaches say. Matt LaFleur doesn't get that big of a say in personnel decisions. That's just the Green Bay Packer way. They're stuck in their own ways. They're stuck in freaking 1990. Even so, boys, I, I see. I see. You got something to say? Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like even Aaron Rodgers when he came out, he hated Matt Lafleur. He like he deliberately said that he had no say in the decision. And he didn't like him. And then Matt, I don't know. But it's it's tough to say. I like Aaron Rodgers is a baby. He complains way too much. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Suck it up. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to play the game of football for heaven's sakes. But I mean, yeah, he hasn't got any help. But it's not like they. They have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, weren't high picks, but they turn into all pro players. So it's not like he doesn't have help. They just haven't invested high-end talent in them, but they've also invested high-end talent in offensive linemen, which helps Aaron Rodgers succeed. Yeah, like, like you're seeing Russell Wilson complain about his offensive line. It's well, Aaron Rodgers has had one of the best offensive lines almost his entire career. So now, like, and even before, like he had some good weapons. He had... Jordy Nelson, who was awesome. Randall Cobb. Now he has Devontae Adams. Past couple years, they, they haven't been great, but like, they put a good offensive line in front of you. They've had a good defense the past couple years. I get that he wants receivers, but he has a history of not being 
the best teammate. Um, now, maybe maybe that's the media um, going with a story that's not exactly there. But when you have a history of doing these kinds of things, and then you pull a move that I, I really didn't like uh, in releasing it right before the draft, uh, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, before you go, Will, the thing I have with Aaron Rodgers is I know they haven't made smart draft choice, but they're trying to build a football team and a winning football team. When you have Aaron Rodgers, when you have someone like Tom Brady, you don't need to invest high-end first-round talent receivers because the quarterback's so good. They can turn nobodies into a very, very good receiver. So I'd rather invest options in the offensive line to protect them and the defense to win games because Aaron Rodgers can turn a bad receiver into a good receiver because that's how talented he is. It's true. No, it's it's, it's definitely true. Um, I, I think... Okay, two points. I, I won't speak on this briefly. Um, just to wrap it up, like last year, I saw him, and you saw him, like uh, especially in, in in the playoffs. Um, he's just he looks pissed off because he's so good. He's so good, and when his teammates aren't as good, it pisses him off because it's like, okay, man, like you should be as talented. Um, so just watching him play in that perspective, uh, different topic of conversation. I think the only organization that genuinely makes sense uh, for him to go to is the, is the Denver Broncos. I think every other possibility doesn't make sense. Um, I think the only other one was the LA Rams. And I think that the LA Rams should have looked into trading him before Matt Stafford. And they did. Um, and I think the Green Bay Packers honestly probably should have traded him then. Uh, but I think the Broncos is the only other organization that makes a lot of sense. Bron- Broncos makes a lot, a lot of sense. They have, Beyond the quarterback position, they might be like a top five roster in the league. Oh, yeah. they, have no, they have no quarterback. <laughs> so so if they get Aaron Rodgers, watch out. Yeah, if they get Aaron Rodgers, that division's going to be so good. Like, yeah, the, the Chargers are up and coming. Then the Raiders just going to be the laughing stock of the division for the next couple of years. <laughs> well, they, they already are the laughing stock then. Hey, they got Leatherwood. They're fine. <laughs> We'll get into their draft recap. <laughs> Can we get into it right now, boys? No, we'll wait. We'll let the let the listeners go up the anticipation for it. We'll, we'll uh, go. We'll start at pick number one. No. Yeah, oh, yeah we'll, no. we'll we'll start at pick number one. One and two, we're not, we don't really need to talk about. It's been written in stone for a while. You can't really say much because they're the right picks, the smart picks. But Trevor Lawrence goes one of the Jaguars. Uh, the Jets get Zach Wilson number two. I don't have much to say about it. They're not. They're the two best QBs in the class, and it, it was written in stone for the past couple months. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't love the rest of the Jaguars draft, but when you get Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have a good draft. Uh, same with Zach Wilson. like he, he was the right pick there. So not much to talk about the first two picks. Yeah, I got nothing. All right, pick number three was probably the where the draft started. Hold the smoke stream for Mac Jones. Just came to blow up everywhere. Trey Lance goes number three. Uh, to the San Francisco 49ers, who trade up a lot of capital to get their QB and Trey Lance. I love the pick. I think Trey Lance is the perfect fit for that system. They're probably going to keep Jimmy G. I think Trey Lance should not play one snap next year. I think you got to redshirt him completely. Super raw, super young. But him and Kyle, Hans, just Kyle Shannon's system is going to be fun to see. And yeah, I think it would be a mistake. I think they're going to have pressure if Jimmy G starts to, starts to look bad to start Trey Lance. But I think you hold your guns and let Jimmy G stick out the whole season if you don't move him. Yeah, the, the two first-round picks that they gave up uh, to move up to number three now doesn't look great, though, considering Fields went 11. Um, but, yeah, still, like, with pick number three, I, I still would have p- picked Fields, but the fact that they didn't Mac- pick Mac Jones is a win for me. Yes, yeah, such a relief, man. Like, 
it, it, it was nice to see uh, Lance Prime, my favorite QB prospect. I'm excited to see him in that system. But I, I hope you, you're right, boys. It's, it's honestly one thing where um, after the draft here, a lot of teams are like, okay, yeah, we're going to set our, our number one guy. That, and then halfway through the season that he comes in, you saw that with Tua last year. And I think they should. It'll, it'll happen to Fields too. Yeah. Well, it feels kind of a different story uh, because he, I think he is ready to start. Um, but I, I think, yeah, put, put Lance, redshirt him, because they have uh, currently the San Francisco 49ers. I think they have, like, five QBs. Yeah, they have Mullins, Beat Hard, Jimmy G. They, like, they have Rosen. QBs on their roster. <laughs> Rosen's on their roster, too. <laughs> so, so I, I, I yeah, I, I love the pick. I love the pick. Like, spot yeah. on. All right. Uh, pick number four, Kyle Pitts goes to the Falcons. Probably a pick. A lot of people expected if they weren't going QB. I think it was a smart choice not to go with QB. You still have Matt Ryan under two years. That QB wasn't playing for two years anyways because you can't get out of that Matt Ryan contract. I think it was smart. You get one of the best players in class in Kyle Pitts, who's going to make that offense so much better. Even if they do trade Julio, it's still a dynamic offense. But right now, with Julio, Ridley, and Pitts, and Matt Ryan still thrown at a high level, that offense is going to be scary to watch. Yeah, and initially I was thinking if they didn't trade out of this pick, it would be a loss. Um, but kind of looking at how the draft fell out, seeing that Fields didn't even go to 11, I don't know that they were necessarily going to get any teams trying to trade up all the way to number four. Um, so considering that that they didn't have many options in, in that regard, Kyle Pitts is definitely the right pick. He makes this offense really scary. Um, Matt Ryan, if he can get back to even close to that MVP form, which isn't too far moved this team could be pretty good yeah it, it, it's just such a shame their defense sucks yeah <laughs> like because their head coach is a fucking whiz too arthur smith is a genius yeah an offensive guru guru so it's such a shame that they're gonna have to win by just putting up a million points 50 points first of this offense you might be able to do what, yeah. What's the over-under on their wins? Like, just, like, without even looking at Vegas? Probably eight and a half. Is that eight or seven and a half to eight and a half? Around there? I'd, I'd guess around there, too. That seems pretty fair. Um, they, they do have to play the Bucks twice, which is probably going to be two losses. Um, New Orleans isn't going to be as good, and the Panthers aren't much this year, so I could see their win total maybe being higher than eight. Um, I don't know. It, it, they're, they're a weird team where they could fall anywhere because they have such a bad defense. They could be one of the worst teams in the league, or you never know if their defense is even average. They could be really, really good. Yeah, they can like get 10 wins, honestly, because that offensive firepower, arguably top five offense in the NFL. At least yeah. top seven. At least top if seven. If Matt Ryan doesn't regress, then yeah. Matt, yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan played well last year, too. So. All right, pick number five, probably one of the biggest debates heading in if they go Chase Seawall. The Cincinnati Bengals take Chase. Um, to be honest, I think it's a good pick. I think Chase can be great for Burrow, but I think they're going to end up regretting this pick. They didn't get a high-caliber tackle yet. Jackson Carmen, who's a fourth-round talent, in my opinion, I don't like that pick in the second round at all. Chase can be a phenomenal player. I think he's going to help Burrow, but I think they're going to regret it down the line if Burrow gets injured again because his offensive line is so poor. I would have liked this pick a lot more if they got a better tackle in the second round. There were a lot of really good tackles yeah. that got picked in the second round. And this pick would have looked genius if they ended up getting one of them. But considering they ended up getting Carmen, I don't like it as much. But but I have 
really warmed up to the Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell, and, and by the end, I was kind of thinking that it was the right pick for them. So I, I like the pick. I, I got all uh, five of these picks right in my mock draft. So uh, the first five, I, I went on a heater, but uh, it kind of fell apart after that. Well, well said, man. Like, I, I agree. If they were to get like Kevin Jenkins in the second round, that would have been a beautiful draft for them. I, I, yeah, I'd just be repeating what you just said. So I'm good to move on. All right, pick number six. Miami Dolphins took Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Couldn't be happy with this pick. I'm super happy they went Waddle over Smith. I think he's going to be a way better player in the league than him. I think Smith's going to be good. I just, I think Waddle adds a dynamic to the offense that Smith can't bring, and that's top end speed. I think he's going to be very, very good in that system at Miami. He's going to be a slot receiver day one. He's going to be a menace for opposing defenses. So I couldn't be happier with them taking Jalen Waddle. I actually don't really like this pick at all. Um, just, just based on the value, like you traded a, a first round pick um, to move up to number six. I don't like trading up for pretty much anyone except quarterbacks in the first place, but I don't really like the fact, like you had Sewell on the board too. Um, Sewell doesn't make sense though. They, they, they invested I know three it doesn't of- make sense, but he's the, he's a far superior talent than Jalen Waddle, in my opinion. Yeah, I well, don't love the value when when Devonta Smith goes. What, what did Devonta Smith? He goes. Go he goes. A, he goes ten. But if you don't trade up, you don't get Smith or Waddle at twelve. No, but, but you, you could trade up and not give up a first round pick. Yeah, I'm. If they're at three, they were based on their board and based on what they were saying. They're taking Waddle at three, no matter what. I know it sounds absurd. Waddle is their number three prospect in the draft, according to what they did. So I'm happy they trade to six and taken because the Dolphins would have took Waddle at three if he was there. If that's the case, then I, I guess that's the right pick. Then. Yeah, he, he's a player I'm very, very, very excited to see at the next level. Um, Adam Boyd has actually just wrote a, a brilliant article. <laughs> It'll be on our website soon saying that they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. Next no, year. no, I said they're going to be contenders. They're AFC contenders. contenders. So, but okay, so let, let's look at this division right now. Like, we'll get to the Patriots in, in a little bit. Um you're going to be against Bills. You're going to be against the Bills who are high-flying. You, you got to be able to line up. Like, it doesn't really matter who your defense is. At the end of the day, Josh Allen's going to carve you out. It's just – Yeah, it, it's it will happen. Too good. Um, So, you got – and same with Patrick Mahomes because he, 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 you're going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes too. So, I like the Jalen Waddle in terms of if you look at other teams. Like, I agree with, with BMAC. I agree that the value in terms of actual talent compared to what was on the board, personally, little rich. However – when you look down the road in two years and you're against the Kansas City Chiefs, you have Jalen Waddle who's about to go for a freaking 60-yard touchdown, bullet yeah. by Tua Tagovailoa. You're going to be like, not a bad pick. Um, you know, you, you guys, because you were so intelligent in your previous picks and accumulation of picks, you're able to maybe allocate this towards a wide receiver. Um, I loved it. I, I think the Dolphins had a phenomenal draft uh, in totality. Yeah, the thing with Waddle over Smith is Smith's going to be a phenomenal player in the league. It's, he doesn't provide that big play potential that Waddle does. Smith's a fantastic route runner, but he's not someone you can get the ball in the slot in a five-year slant and take it to the house. Waddle is that guy. You give him this – when Waddle has the ball, he has the potential to take it to the house every single play, touch it because of his high-end speed. Yep. I like right. it. Pick number, pick number seven, uh, the Detroit Lions took Penny Sewell. Uh, great pick by them. Uh, yeah. I wasn't too happy with the the rest. I think it was a fine draft by Detroit, but 
Patty Sewell's a stud, so I like to pick her a rebuilding team to get the best offensive tackle in this loss. I actually really liked Detroit's draft, not necessarily in terms of the value, but because Detroit's been such like a visionless franchise for a while, they have a vision now. They want to fucking bite bite people's kneecaps or whatever uh, their, their coach says, but they did that. They got Penny Sewell is going to absolutely kill guys uh, at offensive tackle. They got, I think they took two D tackles in a row in rounds uh, two and three. They took a Lee McNeil too. Um, round three. Yeah. So, so like maybe the value wasn't fair on those guys necessarily because it's not a great D tackle class, but it, it shows vision. They have a vision. They want to win in the trenches. Yeah. And, and I like that Detroit finally has that, even though uh, the value in those day two picks might not have quite been there. But, but I sure. like the Penace who will pick just because I think this is what this team wants to do. And he was the best talent on the board as well. Yeah. So. so Sorry for trying to cut you off earlier, boys. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, share a little an- anecdote when I, when I was watching the draft. They, they showed the Lions draft room. It was awesome. <laughs> they were fired <laughs> up, man. You got, you got Brad Holmes smacking the table, like screaming with the owner in there. Like it, it was electric. I, I my friend showed me that. I was so fired up watching that. I wanted to run through a brick wall. <laughs> the boys couldn't believe that that uh Sewell was on the board. Yeah, man. I love that. That was awesome. All right. Uh pick number eight. I, I bet on this uh for JC Horn to be the first defensive player at the board. Great value, won a bet, so I was pretty up about that. But JC Horn goes to the Panthers. I'll let BMAC or uh, Willie take away. What are your initial thoughts on Horn to the Panthers? BMAC? Oh, I thought you were going to go first there. Uh, oh. Like, I, I, I don't love because I like Sertain better, I don't love it. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good pick. The, the upside's definitely there for Horn. Uh, as a press man corner. Uh, Carolina's one of the teams last year where they, they pre-pressed, they played press coverage like the least in the NFL last year. Um, but that was because they didn't have the guys. Now they have J.C. Horn who can actually play press coverage. Uh, this is a really good young defense with actually some great offensive weapons too. Uh, if Sam Darnold turns out, like I'm really high on this team. Let, let me tell you why I like this pick. And I really don't mind that they did Horn over Sertain because I also had Sertain over, over Horn on my big board. Man, they're building a bunch of dogs in freaking Carolina. Like that that room is has some freaking a Legion of Boom type personalities in there. J.C. Horn is a bad man. Jeremy Chin's a bad man. Derek Brown's a fucking beast. Uh, Gross Matos, Brian Burns. What they're doing on their side of football, on the defensive side of football, Matt Rule – <laughs> they're building something awesome. Yeah. Um, I think JC Horn's one of the safest players in the draft. I think he's going to be a beast in, 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 um, in uh, fucking the NFL. And it, it, one of the most interesting tapes was uh, Kyle Pitts against JC Horn in college. Dominate him. And, and now you're about to see this a lot in the NFL. So I, I thought it was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal pick. Uh, boys, you have anything to say about it? Yeah, I, I really like the pick. Um, I think I was right and different with Horner Sertain. I think Horner's going to be better, better day one because he's not afraid to jam at the line of scrimmage. And that's what you got to do in the NFL. Um, if, you're, if you're slow and you get beat, but he's going to jam people at the line of scrimmage, have advantage. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great pick. That Carolina defense, super young, caught so much offensive talent. So they're on the rise. 
I think they could be a sleeper team if in that division is a wild card. Uh, so pick number nine, let's print up here. The uh, Denver Broncos go Pat Sertain. Uh, so back-to-back cornerbacks. If if they're sticking out with, they just went t- got Teddy Bridgewater. So I think they're sticking out Bridgewater and Locke. So I think that's a fine pick. I love Sertain. I think that's good value at nine. And I think he's going to add a great element to that defense. Uh, they, they got Kyle Fuller. So they have, they have a very scary secondary Kyle Fuller, Sertain, Simmons. So I, I really like the pick. I hate this pick. I love Sertain. Don't get me wrong. He, he was like my top defensive player on my board. Um, but the fact that they didn't take fields here, even if they're getting Rodgers, you can – like I don't know what the percentage chance that they get Rodgers is, but if they don't and they didn't take fields here, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Well, well said. Fields Sorry. felt like if you told me before the draft that Fields was going to fall to the Broncos at nine and they didn't take him, I would have told you you're on some drugs. Like, ridiculous. Well fucking said. No, I again, I couldn't agree more. I think the Denver Broncos had an excellent, probably the best draft out of every team if they acquire Aaron Rodgers. If they acquire Aaron Rodgers. I agree. I, I, I agree completely. Um, All right. Ready to move on to, to pick 10? Yeah, just so so announce pick 10 and then I want to say something about it. All right, so the, the Philadelphia Eagles traded up with the Cowboys to go out and get their receiver in Devonta Smith. They're, they're all on a Jalen Hurts. You get, you get Jalen Hurts, one of his ex-teammates. The Heisman winner, phenomenal route runner, going to be a phenomenal player. Question about his size, but I don't think that's going to matter at the NFL level. I, I like the pick for the Eagles, good value, and they get Jalen Hurts, a legit number one, and they also have Jalen Rieger as a first-round pick as well in that offense. Yeah, so the Dallas Cowboys traded out of this pick, traded so for a third-round pick, um, for, a, for, for 12th overall and third-round pick. Now, so I listen to a lot of Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks who are two uh, previous scouts NFL, and they run um, a podcast and on the NFL network. And they, they, one of their philosophies is, and they want to see this in the NFL. Uh, and Bucky got a lot of flack from Lamar Jackson for saying that Baltimore Ravens should do this, but they, they, one of their theories is what about a graduation system? So you select a quarterback and every like five years, you select a top end quarterback. And right before you're about, you have to pay your number one quarterback, you trade him. So you don't have to pay him big bucks because you see a lot of these teams with quarterbacks on rookie contracts, they're able to allocate uh, resources to other uh, um, areas. So it's kind of like the whole running back thing. When you're running back, you have to pay your running back, get rid of him, get a new, draft a new running back. Same theory. Uh, when you, you know, you have to pay your quarterback, get rid of him, draft a new quarterback. Now, no team has had the balls to do it and I don't blame them. You have to be really ballsy to do that. Now, here's the thing. Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 10. Justin Fields is available. Why not get rid of Dak Prescott? Just signed him. I no, it's, I, I no. I, that, that would be so in like Dak Prescott. I cannot disagree with Daniel Jeremiah more. Yeah, and only because it works for running backs because it's easier to hit on running backs. Yeah. It's so hard to hit on quarterbacks. Like you see how many first round quarterbacks don't end up that uh, as great NFL players. Like. If you get a good quarterback like Dak Prescott, you keep him. Yeah, it's so hard to find quarterbacks. It's no, I agree, it's risky. However, the reason I'm saying this is because after my evaluation on Justin Fields, I honestly think he was a top three pick. I, I really do, and I think Justin Fields was a pretty safe pick and is going to be a phenomenal 
NFL quarterback. I agree. The risk is out of this world. If you lose, your, your career's over as a general manager. However, if Fields is on the boards, you got to at least think about it. Because then you have 35. No, how much is Dak going to be paid next year? 35, some 40. Yeah, something around there. You have $40 million to allocate elsewhere on your roster. It's interesting. It's, I'm not saying they should have done it. I'm just saying they should have thought about it. Yeah, I, I don't think they should have thought about it. When you have an elite, like Zach, Zach, Zach Prescott's borderline elite. He puts up incredible numbers. I think he's a phenomenal QB. Don't give up on a QB, pay him. Justin Fields could be elite, but there's always a potential to be a bust. So I don't think it's a conversation when you have someone as good as Dak Prescott. If you have someone that's a Kirk Cousins, you question it. But Dak Prescott's very, very good. Uh, BMAC, what, what are your thoughts on the Eagles, Demonte uh, Smith? Yeah, it was, it was a good pick. Um, they, they do need wide receiver help. Uh, and maybe like it, it lets you evaluate uh, Jalen Hurts more, see what he is uh, at the quarterback position, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily be able to do if you didn't give him a, a weapon like this. Uh, I do – I said before that I don't like trading up uh, for non-quarterbacks, but they didn't really give up that much. I think they gave up a third-round pick. And this was a player that New York was probably – going to take at 11 so they jumped to new york got their guy uh i love this pick especially looking at the value and when waddle went at six and i don't have them as two different of prospects all right so now we get into the justin fields talk the chicago bears traded up from 20 to 11 with the giants to take justin fields probably the best move chicago has ever made as a general manager standpoint they had an elite quarterback in justin fields the thing is I think this is a bad scenario for Justin Fields. I would not want to be going to Chicago just because Matt Nagy does not have a good track record with the QBs he's had. So I think Justin Fields is a phenomenal prospect, but I'm worried he's not going to succeed because he's in the Chicago environment. That's terribly wrong. And Allen Robinson might be gone by next season as well. Yeah, but they got they got to either keep Robinson or find another wide receiver yeah. uh, after they do this. They got to give Justin Fields help. They do have David Montgomery, who's a really good running yeah. back. Offensive line isn't great, um, but they did draft Tevin Jenkins to, to yeah. kind of improve that as well. Uh, I, I love the pick. Like this probably, if this works out, it's the best pick of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this was hands down one of my favorite moves of the job. Ballsy. I loved it. Uh, I also, I, I really liked it from the Cowboys, sorry, not sorry, not the Cowboys, uh, the Giants' perspective. So they moved back um, to, I believe, 19, 20, 20 whatever. 20. Um, yeah, 20. Um, and then they get a first-round pick next year. So he- here's the thing. You're starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, you- the Bears aren't going to be that good next year. So I bet you that the Giants get another top 15 pick next <laughs> yeah. year. And – for nothing, you know. The, so phenomenal from both sides. I loved it from the Bears' perspective. Love it from the Giants' perspective. I kind of wish the Cowboys did that. Um, however, they wanted a blue chip uh, at four at, at uh, thirteen. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll get into that pick next. But uh, yeah, we we'll move on to pick twelve. You guys don't have anything else to say about Justin Fields, the Bears? No, let's let's get into it. All right, so pick twelve. The Cowboys, like they always do, go BPA, got Micah Parsons out of Penn State, linebacker. I love Micah Parsons. He's a phenomenal player. I think this make, move makes a lot of sense if you move on to Jalen's move on, move on from either Jalen Smith or Leighton Vanderash. If you keep both of them, it's a bit of a weird move because of the fit, but I think it's phenomenal value for Micah Parsons. If, and I think it's an excellent pick if they move on from Jalen Smith or Leighton Vanderash. 
Yeah, like, like you said, it's it might not be the biggest need for them, but but considering those corners were off the board, uh, yeah. he's like the biggest blue chip defensive prospect in this draft. So so if a team like them wants to transform their defense, uh, it's a great pick. Like he, he's gonna be able to rush the passer. He's gonna well, he's obviously gonna be a linebacker on most downs, but he can rush the passer, uh, which is a big need for them as well. Uh, I, I love the I love this pick. Uh, they got a couple knocks on it, but because it wasn't the biggest need. But he's a blue chip talent. Uh, the Cowboys are into drafting the best player available, like they showed last year with CD Lamb. Uh, so I really like this pick. Yeah, I so I have two things to say on it. The first thing is uh, if they cut Jalen Smith, they save seven million dollars uh, next year which they could probably use to, to sign a cornerback, which they desperately need. Um, and they just declined Lenny Van Der fifth-year option. I think they'll probably re-sign him. Lenny Van Der just needs to prove that he can remain healthy. However, he's a fucking beast. I would love to see Mika Fitzpatrick and Lenny Van Der Esch at the second level for the Dallas Cowboys next year. That'd be disgusting. Um, the, the thing about Mika Fitzpatrick is – it's sorry, Micah, no, Parsons. Micah Parsons. Wow, boys. What are you saying? I was so confused. You got to work on your fucking names, bud. <laughs> Wake up Jesus, every episode. All right, let's move on. You're cut. <laughs> is, is is some games, and I was telling B, me and BR were talking about this on draft night. Some days, some games, Micah will be the best player on the field. You'll, you'll walk out of the stadium and be like, holy fuck, Micah just won the game for the Cowboys. He's an absolute beast. I love that player. And some games are going to be like, did. Did Micah play last night? I, I don't – I genuinely don't know. So that's the type of play you're going to get. I think they're going to be really pleased with him. Um, he's – he's like like me and I said, the best blue chip player available. Um, yeah, wait and see on that one. But uh, that linebacking core is going to be interesting moving forward. Yeah. Um, so pick 13, which is honestly probably my favorite pick of the draft, probably the best pick in my opinion, Rashawn Slater to the, the Chargers don't have to move up at all and get the second best tackle on the board. And a lot of people had him as their number one tackle. So phenomenal value, get a legit tackle to protect Justin Herbert. And I think for Sean Slater has all pro potential. Absolutely love this pick. Chargers knocked out of the park this draft and they started off hot with Rashawn Slater. Yeah. yeah. Chargers had one of the best drafts uh, in the entire league uh, to get Rashawn Slater without having to trade up is a dream scenario for them. Uh, he's going to start at left tackle and protect Justin Herbert. Awesome pick. Can't say enough about it. I, I did know what both of you guys said I, completely. All right. We got another pick 14. The Jets move up to get protection for Zach Wilson, a of Eric Tucker. I like this pick a lot. Uh, I think he was the best offensive lineman available. I think Garrett's up there, but I think Garrett Tucker provides more versatility. When you have a rookie QB, you want someone that can play guard or tackle depending where you play, especially when you have Mekhi Becton. I love this pick for the Jets. I think they had a phenomenal draft as well. I think Barrett Tucker's great value, and I think he's going to be a very, very good uh, offensive lineman in this league. I don't, didn't like the fact that they had to trade up to get him. Now, he's going to be a really good, probably a guard at the next level. They might play him at tackle. We'll see. But considering that, like, Darisol went, what, 24th or 23rd to the Vikings who traded out of this pick, I I would have liked the value there a lot better than taking Vera Tucker at 14. But again, it's a need for them. He's a really talented player. If he plays guard, he'll be a Pro Bowl guard. Uh, And and they need protection for Zach Wilson. So it's a good pick. Don't love the value with the trade-up, but good pick nonetheless. 
See, I, I get what you're saying about the value, and I agree. I agree 100. percent If you're looking at it from like just a basic value perspective, however, because the Jets have accumulated so many picks, yeah. I don't think they mind trading up to get probably who they have the best player available um, uh, for offensive tackle. And I bet you that they saw at least uh, a tier gap between Elijah Vera Tucker because you saw Slater go, see Elijah Vera Tucker go immediately afterwards. So I, I believe they had a, a decent tier gap between Tucker and the next available guy, which I do too. Again, like I think Darisol is great. I think Tucker's a beast. I think Tucker's Tucker and Beckton's going to be really, especially they play Tucker on, on the left. Uh, left yeah, guard. they play together. You don't, you don't want to be, you want to be running behind them because they'll be a scary safe defender. <laughs> That'll be fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I really did like the pick. I, I really, I was huge on Tucker coming in to the draft, and um, I, got, I guess some executives were too. All right, so pick 15, Patriots do not have to move up. They get the quarterback of what they think is the future, Mac Jones. See, I, I don't know what to think of this pick. As a Dolphins fan, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit scared just because of what Mac Jones like shows of his intelligence standpoint and playing with Bill Belichick, who's the greatest coach of all time. So I don't know what he's going to be, but I, I'm a little bit scared because there, there's shades of Brady just in that system. So that's why I'm scared. But I think it's fine, valid. Didn't have to move up and get what you think is a quarterback for the future. Yeah, like us as a whole, we, we don't love Mac Jones uh, as a podcast. But it is good good value. Like there were talks about him going number three, so getting him at number fifteen without having to trade up. Uh, I can't really knock the pick, even though I I don't love Mac Jones as a prospect. Yeah. So full full disclosure, um, Bill Belichick is my favorite head coach of all time. Um, I've read multiple multiple books on his life on the Patriot way. I'm obsessed with. How he goes, how the uh, the the New York, uh, sorry, <laughs> New England Patriots go about their business. Um, last season, uh, when they asked Bill Belichick what his three most important things are in a quarterback, he says timing, accuracy, and anticipation. Mac Jones to a T. Um, Cam Newton, his shoulders fucked up. He can't. He he won't be a quarterback for, for long. Jared Sidham, solid quarterback. I love I love Mac uh, Mac Jones at fifteen. I think they're extremely happy. To, uh, to have him in the building. Um, I was just watching uh, NFL Network, and I hear Lance Sirline, who, by the way, is, he, has some, he has some good takes. He's kind of a fucking idiot. I'm not going to lie to you. He has a lot of shitty-ass takes. One of the things he said today was, Cam Newton won't be a good mentor. And that's fucking bullshit. Let me tell you why. <laughs> New England Patriots, okay? Here's how they operate their business. They're a hard-working organization. When Tom Brady got there, he would stay in the building till 3 a.m. He'd be the last one in the building. What Cam Newton's going to do is Cam Newton's going to be the last person in the building. And you know what? Mac Jones isn't going to leave till Cam Newton leaves that building. That's how they're going to operate their business. Mac Jones is going to redshirt his first year. He's going to learn. <laughs> What's going to happen is Bill Belichick's going to drop a, a book, like 50 books in front of Mac Jones and goes, have fun this year. You better learn all this shit because I'm going to be testing you. So – that's what's going to happen. Um, Bill Belichick's going to be able to teach this kid. And I think that another really important thing I'll let you guys speak. Um, uh, Bill Belichick has picked the most players out of uh, Nick Saban's development. So if Nick, if Nick Saban, they're best friends. Um, like I know sometimes you hear them in the media. No, they're, they're actually best friends. Like they hang out during the summers. Um, so if Matt, so if, uh, if Nick Saban's telling Bill, this is the guy, this is, he's, he's all this stuff. I believe that 
And last thing I'll fucking say is this, this was Ernie Adams last draft after 40 years uh, in the NFL. Um, he had some say in this pick and yeah, I, I loved it. Loved it. So yeah, I'm in the, I, I like it too, but I think he might get some snaps next year because I think he's going to be the backup quarterback. I don't think they're afraid of that because he's pro ready. I don't think he'll start right away. But when you have Cam Newton under throwing 10 yard throws and spiking to the ground day in and day out, like he did last year, there's going to be some pressure. I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones is starting quarterback for like week eight or something like that. Well, you saw like Jared Stinham come in a couple times this year. You think yeah. they're not going to bring in Mac Jones, uh, especially like Cam Newton's not the healthiest guy in the world too. So if Cam gets injured, you could see, you could see, I honestly, I can see a scenario where Mac Jones starts like week two, even week one. I, I, I agree. I oh whoa. week two week one. I, I don't think so. I I think it's I, I could see, especially like if Cam gets injured. Uh, yeah. Then obviously, but even if Cam doesn't get injured, if if Mac Jones lights the world on fire in camp, Bill wants to win. Bill really wants to win. So, but if he's Bill, the best chance at winning. You Bill's gonna play the best player available. However, I think that Jared Sims a better quarterback. If you look at like uh let's let's say ratings on Madden, right? Let's say Jared Sims is an 80, Mac Jones is a 72. Jared Sims a 50. <laughs> Jared Sims not a good quarterback. Jared Sims a good quarterback. Did you see what he did last year when he played? He he couldn't complete a pass. He threw like six picks. <laughs> He's I actually not- I, I think I only scouted like two of his games. I thought he was decent. Um, however, like I trust, I trust your scouting opinions. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna see wrong. I trust you. I mean, I liked him coming to college, but like what he's done at the NFL level, it's nothing to be excited for yet. I mean, he could change my mind, but they, Bill definitely doesn't think he's good. Cause he, he's a third quarter, fourth quarterback now kind of thing. Are you ready to move, yeah, on, move, to move on to pick 16? Uh, saving Collins goes to the Cardinals. I love Xavier Collins as a prospect. I think this, I was talking to Will before. I think it's more of a need pick. You just lost Hassan Reddick in free agency, and Saving Collins will fill that role to the T. He's the exact same player as Hassan Reddick. He rushed the passer, big body, can defend against the run. I like Saving Collins. It might have been a bit of a reach, but I think it's the best fit for their team. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with everything you said there. I, I, I can't love the pick just because I don't love the value at 16 for Collins, but it's a need. He's going to play in their defense, so I can't really knock it too much. I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement with everything you guys said. Personally, I don't like picking for fit, um, especially when – like, like, listen, so he's there to, to, to fill Hassan Reddick's position. I, I honestly think, like, linebacker, a player like Hassan Reddick, you can you can find pretty easily in free agency. Um, I, I don't think Saban Collins was good here. I, I like the player. Just I agree with – I did what you guys say. Like it, they, they got Simmons last year. So, like, I don't like investing in linebacker two years in a row in the first round. I'd like to spread the wealth around. Although, well, Simmons is a bit of a hybrid. But I felt like they could have addressed some of their other needs, maybe get a corner. But yeah. Or Kadarius Tony would have looked nice. There, there was a lot of options available. Well, they, I they think they got Rondell Moore and, so, like, I'd- so I think that's just they get in the dog. third round or the second late, round? late second. I think that's better value than Tony at 16. It's not even close, in my opinion. Like the, the skill set's so close. If you're getting 27 picks later, you're not going to get someone the caliber as saving Collins of that pick, and you got someone close to Tony at 47, or whatever it was. I, I feel sorry again. Like this is just complete estimation projection. I feel like that Zayvon Collins is a good player. I feel like he's the type of player where he'd get his year five decline option. 
Uh, year five option declined. I, I don't know. I, I don't see him as a, as a guy who's going who's gonna to turn the world on fire. Could be wrong. 100% could be wrong. But I don't like investing a top 16 pick in a player where that's honestly my, my truthful opinion on him. All right. Pick 17. We've reached it. The Raiders. So going into, this, going into that pick on the clock, there's a lot of good people available. I was on the, a Zoom call with the Raiders fan. He's like, I'm not even going to say what I want because I know they're going to go off the board and take someone like Alex Lutherwood. What do they do? Take Alex Lutherwood. Someone way off the board that even Mayhawk said it was a reach. We didn't care what they thought about. We know it was a reach, but we like the player. Alex Lutherwood, not a first-round talent in my opinion. Could have got him the second round. You got Trayvon Morgan second round, so the better pick, but I think these roles could have been flipped. You could have got Morg here and Leatherwood in the second round, but I don't like the pick. Raiders just continue to disappoint me in the draft. So, yeah, I, I hate the Leatherwood pick. It's, it's just a total disregard for value. Yeah. Total disregard. You could have gotten him with your second round pick in all likelihood, and you could have gotten Kai. Like, I'm sure there's guys that were available at this position that they liked better than Morg. Yeah. Um, it's just. They could have gotten him later. Why not trade back? I'm sure there's a team that at least called you to see if they could trade up, even if you're not getting that many picks um, back. Take what you can get. They, they just, considering that they have a track record of doing this and not succeeding, I hate that they did it again. I thought they would have learned by now, but I, I guess not. Yeah, and in an NFL that's so smart, you have guys like um, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, freaking some of the young talent. I, I'm, 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 my mind's not good. Uh, freaking uh, the Chargers guys. Uh, are you yeah, the like- Miami Dolphins? Chris Greer. Geniuses. Geniuses. Mike Mayock <laughs> and fucking John Greer. So fucking stupid. It actually <laughs> really gets me angry. Are you fucking idiots? Three years in a row. First year, Cleland Farrell. Second year, Damon Arnett. This is Alex Leatherwood. It's like BMAX said in our last episode. You have to be a real ignorant son of a bitch if you think that you're smarter than everyone, that you, that you think Alex Leatherwood should go 17. You're smarter than everyone in the NFL because you're Mike Mayock. Like, listen, I don't hate the pick. I don't hate, I don't hate Alex Leatherwood. I think, he's, I think he's a good player. I drafted him on my, on my team. However, you could have traded back. It's, that's, a, that's a fact. That, that's a simple fact. You could have traded back and you didn't. Same thing last year. I gave you the benefit of the doubt, Damon Arnett. Same thing the year before you ch- you picked Kyle and Farrell. And you know what? You're not even that fucking good because you've been wrong. Kyle and Farrell sucks. Damon Arnett, wait to be seen. But <laughs> guess me, it really, really gets me pissed off when I see just stupidity at the professional level. These are supposed to be professional grown men who know what they're doing. And you and you and you're just an idiot you think chris gear would have picked freaking alex leatherwood at 17 no i could save their organization millions of dollars a year first of all if they just hi, hire anyone except mayock like hire i'll do i'll do the job for free and i'll, I'll pick better players um or at least get maybe not pick like leatherwood could be awesome they could be completely right it doesn't matter. It's still a terrible pick just because of the value. Like, like just have a guy on retainer. Just give him a call when you're about to make a decision. Let him tell you, oh, this is a stupid decision. Trade back. It, like, it's, it's, it's ignorant. I can't believe Gruden and Mayock have jobs, but I, I, 
think this is this is the Raiders' downfall hiring those two. They're they're not going to be good for the next probably five years. So I'm yeah. With this, I'm just going to put up something my brother sent me. I found hilarious. Mike Mayock, he thinks the genius, right? Can outsmart anyone. 2016 comes around. This is the this is the Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson draft, right? Guess who his number one QB on the board is? Mike Mayock. Who he thinks the number one QB in the draft is? It's probably not even like Trubisky. It's probably Rosen? some like guy from the fifth round. Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, Mitch Trubisky, and Patrick Mahomes at four. I don't think he had Deshaun Watson at five. I don't know who his three was. He had Deshaun Kaiser. And he's like, yeah, best QB in the draft. I mean, close. He'd be the all pro. Deshaun Kaiser's out of the league in one year and was terrible. So <laughs> that just shows Mayock is not smart. Mayock tries to outthink everyone, but he's wrong 99% of the time. Yeah. Maybe one of these picks hits, but just get a, don't get a job. It's just, it, it frustrates me that he has a job. Hold up. I, I, Mayock disrespect. Okay. Just for all the listeners. Whoa. May, listen, he, he, he's had a couple of good picks. I, I'm not going to say the guy's a fucking absolute moron. Like, I, I think we just kind of retract that a little bit. Um, But it, you, what, what B-Rack said, yeah, fucking no value. You, you're, it's ignorant. He's an ignorant, ignorant drafter. Um, fuck, I was going to say something else. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It, here, here's, the other, here's the other thing that really interests me. And the reason why I bring up, uh, so LA Chargers, Miami Dolphins, San Francisco, these are teams with a lot of money. You see it in the NHL. You see uh, uh, um, Tampa Bay Lightning have a lot of money, so they're able to invest in personnel, do all this type of stuff. Same with Toronto Maple Leafs. As a result, they're really smart organizations. You saw it the other day with the LTIR of, of different type of shit. Um, Las Vegas, they just moved to Las Vegas. They're no longer Oakland. This is Las Vegas. There's a lot of money in Vegas. <laughs> uh, they're, I, this is why it surprised me so much. Like, they just built a brand new spelling. I think they spent like $5 billion in the stadium. In all that I, stadium. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's why it shocks me where it's like, okay, you have so much money. On, you can spend on intelligent people who could who can find value like BMAC that can find value. And well, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a GM, <laughs> I'm just saying you could hire a guy off the street and you do a better job. Just go off the consensus list and you'll do a better job. Yeah. I, I do love the Morig pick that they got in the second round, um, so I won't knock him too much, but May, Mayock's an idiot, complete moron. I love the Morig pick too. I'll just get into this last, but they drafted Dion. Divine Diablo, and then Tyler Gillespie, or I think his name was. So they drafted three safeties, I think Morgan's phenomenal, and they already have Jonathan Abram just signed Carl Joseph's extension. So please tell me how you're going to have five safeties on the field at once. Two are on the field, maybe three. So I love Morgan's phenomenal value. It just They went on and drafted two other safeties, which just made no sense. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on from the Raiders. Not for All right, pick 18, uh-huh. Miami Dolphins. It's one of my favorite picks to draft, to be honest. Got Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips is probably the best edge rusher in the class. Probably people had him as a top 10 talent. The injury concerns are there. The thing is, Jalen Phillips does have injury concerns, but he played a full year at Miami last year with no injuries. So it's not like he has a torn ACL with a concussion and he hasn't played. You know when he's healthy, what you're going to have after the injuries. And I said this to Willie, everyone in football is one injury away from the career being over. It's just the football, the nature of football. So they evaluate him. They think his health's fine. He played last year fully healthy so you know the player you're going to get it's a risk but if he turns out to be healthy this is going to be the steal of job people looking away a couple of years from now i could couldn't agree with you more there like risky pick but if it turns out the the, the value at 18 was, was phenomenal for jalen phillips he, he if he if he doesn't get concussions 
he's going to be a perennial 10 plus sack getter. So he's, he's a really good prospect, really good at 18 for the Dolphins. Just a question for you guys. Um, hypothetically, in, in a world where Jalen Phillips doesn't have concussion issues, his talent, where would you guys say he, is he a top five pick? Top 10. Not, not top five. Oh, you're top 10. But I would, I would put him in the top 10, top 12. It's a really good, like, loaded with draft, loaded with quarterbacks. Yeah. So he would fall a little more. But I think he's great value. Like, you put him in Ryan Flores' schemes that produce his sacks, open sacks. Right now, he's a plus, I just like plus 1,200 to win defensive rookie of the year. So if you're looking for a bet right now, great value. The, the favorite is. Oh, Micah Parsons like plus 300, so it's a big drop. Great value at plus 1,200 for Phillips, who, if he stays healthy, could produce six to eight sacks, maybe his rookie year, maybe more in a floor system. Og will put up 10 last year. So opportunities are endless. I love the pick as an offense fan. Risk is there, but when you're a team that already has a solid roster, you, you can take your risk on someone here. My, my, Miami's laughing, man. They, they Excellent, excellent. I like. They, you, must be, you, you must be happy. You must be feeling oh. good. Usually Dolphins drafts, I'm 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 an honest fan. I've hated their last couple of drafts, to be honest. Like some of the picks they made, it's turned out well. I'm usually never happy with the draft because the first draft in four years, I've been happy with the picks they made. So I could be could be completely wrong, but I'm happy. So we'll go on to pick 19. My boy Jameen Davis goes to the football team. I think this is a good pick, in my opinion, just because I like Jameen Davis. It fills a need. Could have been a bit of a reach at 19, but I, I always thought he's gonna go in this 25 to 20 range. He's the guy that's going to start right away in the football team that needed a linebacker. That defense is super young, super scary. I'm probably biased because I love Jameen Davis, but I think it's a good pick for the, the football team. Phil's in need. The, the amount of physical freaks oh. they have in this yeah. defense. They have Montez Sweat, physical freak. Now they have Jameen Davis. They have Chase Young, who is the physical freaks of physical freaks. Like, oh, like... This defense is so athletic. It's good. Every, this could be the best defense in the NFL next year. Yeah. Uh, offense leaves a lot to be desired with Fitzmagic at QB. But uh, next year, if they, if they drop a QB in there next year, this could be uh, 2023, 2024-ish. Uh, really good Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, like – it, so we it's like we had at the beginning of the show where you say when you drop like an Aaron Rodgers, um, it doesn't really matter who he has on the outside. If, if they're able to find that quarterback and you have that defense, like that defense is like a 1990, like freaking like stalwart defense, like arguably top two defense NFL next year moving forward. And they're young. So they're, they're going to be top two defense for a long time. Um, I, I, I don't know if I would have went uh, defense. Would you guys have? If um, it, Like, it depends on, like, the way the board fell. I, I would have loved them to trade up for a quarterback. But the way the board fell, um, this is probably who I would have picked, too, yeah. even though I'm not, like, that high on Davis. I think I would probably go in and just improve the strength, which is your defense, and, and maybe – Worry about. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers doesn't get talked about going to Washington. I guess maybe that's not a place he he's going to go to a place he wants to go. He probably doesn't want to go to Washington. But if they got like a, a veteran QB like that, that, that 
they're really close to being a really good team. Yeah, they're right on the fringe, especially a gettable division. Like they, they can, I think they're going to win the division next year, to be honest. And Fitzmagic can can win games. He's proven down the stretch, and their offense is no slouch. Like got Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas had a great year last year. They got they're weapons, kind of decent line too. Yeah, good whole lot. Like if Fitzmagic, I want Fitzmagic to go off. I love Fitzmagic as a player. He's never made the playoffs. I think this is his year, probably one of his last years in the league. I'm all on the football team. They're my NFC team. I hope they make it run because I love the football team. No chance. Cowboys all the way, buddy. I, 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 oh, we'll see. We'll see. All um, right. Pick uh, 20. Uh, Giants traded back. Got Kadarius Toney, receiver to Florida. My initial reaction, I wasn't a big fan of the pick, but now looking back, I like it. I think it feels, feels a great need. you got to see what you have in Daniel Jones in this year. And you get Kadarius Tony as a slot receiver. You got Kenny Gallaud on the outside. You have Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard's more downfield threats. You have Edvin Engram and Shaquan Barkley. Their offense is filled with weapons. Find out if you have something in Daniel Jones. Their defense is already good. was one of the better defenses in the league last year. Kadarius Tony is a great fit for them. I think he's going to be great in the slot for the New York Giants. Yeah, he's one of the best after-the-catch receivers not even in this year's draft, but like in the past couple. No, Jamar Chase is really good after the catch too. He's really physical. But Kadarius Tony makes some highlight highlight reel runs uh, once he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, the Giants don't really have one of those guys unless you count uh, Saquon Barkley as a throw into the backfield. But he fills a need in this offense. Value isn't quite there when you see some of the other receivers that went in the late first round and the early second round, uh, like I, I would have preferred to get uh, a Rondale Moore, uh, like the Cardinals did in the late to mid second round. I think the value is a lot better there, but uh, considering they also accumulated another first round pick, uh, this is a great pick. For yeah. That, that, that's what I was going to say. That, that's uh, so they were going to get Smith, Devontae Smith, Eagles jumped them. Now they get Tony. So, and, and they get that first-round pick next year. So the Eagles trying to fuck the Giants might have really helped the Giants if you look long-term. Um, what, what I think the Giants are doing, and I think I'm, just, I'm pretty much reiterating your point, BMAC, is they're, they're building a, football, uh, a basketball team. They got Galladay, the big guy. Uh, he's, you know, like uh, the small forward. They got Ingram, like the power forward. They have um, Barkley, kind of like the shooting guard, uh, who, who, who can play. Um, Sladen's also not like a shooting guard as well. And now they have Tony, kind of like the point guard that, that can do a lot of really, really fun stuff uh, for, that, uh, for that team. Um, yeah, I, I really like the pick. Uh, w- one thing I, w- I, w- I will say is um, you, you hear some, uh, some people say that the value wasn't there. However, like, if you heard Urban Meyer talk, uh, the Jaguars were actually going to pick him at 25. They're pissed. Yeah, it's, They're it's pissed. not like it's like the value wasn't quite there, but it's not like this was an Alex Leatherwood situation. No. No. He's going to go in the first round, not that far after them. He's a really talented player. I, if you're if you're the Giants, if you're a Giants fan, you're genuinely really happy. Like, yeah. it was a really good draft day for you guys. And I'm telling you, that pick from the Bears is going to be a top 10. You watch. I'm I'm pr- I'm fairly confident. Alrighty, we'll go on to pick twenty-one. I uh, Colts take Quiddy Pay. They need. I can saw them going Darisaw here, but I think Quiddy Pay is great value for them. I think he's top fifteen talent. I think it's a good pick. They need a help on edge, and Quiddy Pay fills that. Um, I really like the pick. I know Colts fans are super happy with it. So 
I like pay to the Colts. I think it's great value at 21 for pay to go to. Yeah, this is one of my favorite picks in this draft. I don't think it's getting talked enough about. Like, he, he's really good value at 21. He was my top edge rusher in the class, considering Phillips' uh, concussion problems. But like I said, if teams check them out and he's fine, then Phillips would have been my number one. But pays my number one edge rusher. They got him all the way back at 21. It's a need for them. So it's an awesome pick. It, it's funny. It's funny because uh, uh, Chris Ballard, one of the smartest human beings in all of football, took advantage of the ignorance of Mike Mayock. For, I bet you they were ecstatic that they didn't pick Woody Pay. Um, that defensive line is going to be fucking scary next year. I'll tell you that. Great defense. Just added to it. You got Carson Wentz. They're Super Bowl contenders, man. You think? I think the Colts are legitimate. The, like, if Carson wants the... Sorry, go ahead, B-Mac. One of the best in terms of value, if you're looking at Super Bowl odds, they, they'd be one of my <clears throat> top values. Even though they wouldn't be in, like, the top favorites, they're a very good sleeper Super Bowl team. If Carson Wentz can go back to that, that MVP form we have with Frank Reich, it's all on Carson Wentz's shoulders. If he can take that jump, this team's going to be scary. That defense has playmakers all over the field. Kind of stud and Darius Leonard. DeForest Buck, Nayad Pei, Kenny Moore, Julian Blockman. Like, their defense is awesome. Got weapons on the offense. Jonathan Taylor's a stud. If Carson Wentz can take that form, I would not be shocked if they're in the AFC Championship game. Question, just really quick. I would love to see them trade for Julio. Oh, I'd be awesome. I'd be all over that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be fun. All righty. Uh, pick 22, Tennessee Titans. Go Caleb Farley. The injury concerns of why he fall, fell. He's a superior talent when healthy. And I love the pick. They needed the knee at corner. They could have won edge, but I think Quiddy Page just won. They didn't really see any value in other edge rushers at this pick. So I love the pick for Caleb Farley. If he's healthy, steal the draft. Going to come in and play probably secondary corner. Lost to Dory Jackson. They needed a corner. Great value. Fills a need. Good player. I like the pick. Uh, I see this pick is very similar to the uh, Phillips pick. If he's healthy, great pick. If he's not, terrible pick. If your doctor's checking him out and he's fine, great value. Yeah, like this is a pick where exactly you just said it. You're going to listen to your doctors. Your, your doctors, uh, you're putting them on the line. But you know what? Uh, I said this before in the mock draft, and I had them picking uh, Rousseau. Um, now, with, with Farley, uh, with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons, he's a guy who fell in his draft year out of Mississippi State. Um, he's worked out really, really well for them uh, there in uh, Tennessee. You kind of see it again. Caleb Farley, injury concerns, whatever, this, that, and the other falls out. Um, I, I, I love the pick. He used to be a quarterback. Uh, I think last year was his first or second year as a, as a, as a cornerback. Um, poor athletic kid. freak, <laughs> athletic freak. He had COVID, he was by himself during the uh, I know he's got to feel he couldn't see anyone like that sucks. It's been bad for him, but I, I was listening to him speak today. And I was listening to his head coach speak about him. Um, he's the type of guy where he's gonna he's gonna let slide off his back, and you know what? I'm gonna come back hungrier because I felt the 22. I, I'm gonna come back as a dog, he's a dog mentality. Um, and that's what I think really the, the Titans need in their secondary. They don't really have a dog back there. Um, they have a couple decent pieces, but no beast. Yeah, and you already know if Mike Vrabel takes a player, great character too. Like those are players like Brian Flores, Mike Vrabel, 
aren't going to take someone's character issues. They're going to take someone that fits their culture. So, again, great pick. We go down. What do you mean they're not going to take someone with character issues? See what they did last year? Okay, yeah. I mean, but, like, tell me the jock had no character issues as well. It just, it was, like, that was out of the blue. Like, I don't know. He had injuries, like, had mental health issues. It wasn't, like, a character concern. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I, I get that. But, like, coming to the draft, like, even Brian Flores thought he was a phenomenal, like, player. Like, he, like, liked his character as well. So, I think those are something that just bites in the butt. But, like, he had mental health issues. So, I mean, that's probably the reason for it. But, I mean, if Brian Flores and Vrabel think he had a good character coming into the draft, got to trust that. Uh, next pick. Oh, you're on, you're on mute, brother. <laughs> Christian Darisaw at 23 to the Vikings. One of my favorite picks in the draft, considering they traded back and got a player that I thought they might have taken at 14. Uh, so phenomenal pick for them. One of my favorites in the draft. Uh, I think the Vikings had a really good draft. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts? I, I completely agree with what you said. Only shady thing, their fourth-round pick, Rashad Weaver, came out today. He assaulted someone. Uh, he punched a pregnant lady in the face. That one hurts because I, I like I like Rashad Reaver a lot. I, that, that that one that sucks. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, man. I they they traded back. They oh, got yeah. the guy brilliant. He he he's a hard worker. He's he, that guy. Uh, Christian Darius saw he's gonna put he's gonna come to the building, put his head down, put in work. Just like a Minnesota Viking. Um, I thought they were one of the draft day winners. Yeah, phenomenal pick, great value. This is the guy. I was talking to B money to the draft. Like, I wanted him at 14 if he was there. So traded back at like a two thirds or whatever it was and got the guy who he would have took at 14. So great pick, great value. Great work for the GM. Now we got a 24. These are back-to-back fits. I hated, uh, I like the players. I just hated the fit and the value. Najee Harris, the Steelers, I think Najee Harris can be a great player in the league, but their offense line is deteriorated. They have no one. I feel bad for him running because he's going to get no blocking and out of Alabama, he had so much help from the offensive line. So the, the, the Steelers had so many needs and just disregarded that and took the, what they thought was the best player of the sex pick. So hated the draft of the Steelers, like G. Harris prospect, but the fit is just terrible in my opinion. This is one of the worst picks in the entire draft, in my opinion, maybe even, maybe even worse than Leatherwood somehow, just because this isn't where their problems were. Their problems were on the off. Maybe I could be wrong, but I think their no, problems no, no, were no, on no, the no. offensive line. I, um, I will pause you. The, the, their problems were running back. They, they, they needed a running back. They need oh. an offensive line too, though. Yeah. Fair. And um, and I, I mean, a lot of guys had Najee Harris as the number one running back, so I won't knock them for that. He wasn't mine. He was my number three. I do like like. He is a big guy that kind of reminds you a little bit of Le'Veon Bell. Um, so I could get how they might have been intrigued there. I, I hate the value. I hate taking running backs in the first round in the first place. Offensive lines where I would have gone. I hate this pick. Yeah, I can agree more. Like, I mean, he's going to get those extra yards that James Conner couldn't, but you don't have an offensive line anymore. Like he's a power running back kind of thing. Got to run between the tackles. There's no holes, especially in good defensive lines of division. Cleveland's got a great defensive line now. Baltimore's got a good defensive line. Bengals are improving there. So it's going to be hard to run when you have good defensive lines and no offensive line blocking. Yeah. Like, okay. Here's what I'll have to say about it. And I I think, you know, our our evaluation on the G Harris is a little bit different than BMAC. Because uh, he had Javante Williams and uh, Etienne as as the same. I had Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris can be an excellent pro. 
it's like, you know, we talked about, it. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. I, it's like, here's the thing about going to the draft. It's like going to the grocery store, right? You know, it, some teams that can't help themselves, you know, they, they see a running backs. It's like candy. You know, you can't help themselves and, and defensive line and offensive line. It's like, it's like eating, it's like vegetables, it's like broccoli. No one really wants broccoli, but it's probably good for you. You should probably eat it. It's like, it's like drafting an offensive lineman. It's not, it's not fun. No one likes it, but it's really good for you. They couldn't help themselves. They, they couldn't help themselves. They, 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 and you see it again with Pat Faramirth in the second round, they couldn't help themselves and they got a fucking running back when they have every other need. Why are you getting a running back? So so let's play it out like this. Najee Harris pops off next year. Awesome player. Year two, well, now you need a quarterback. So then the quarterback has to develop for two more years. So we're talking like four years. Oh, Najee Harris, the team's finally going to be good again. And you have Najee Harris. Oh, by the way, he's on the decline. Now you have to pay him too. By the way, Najee Harris wants to get fucking paid. So listen, I, it's, it's um, they ate candy when they should have ate a broccoli. That was, that was actually very well said. Yeah, really. when, awesome. When you, you normally, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you made no name mistakes. Uh, you made great <laughs> points there. So uh, good job on you. Couldn't agree more. All right. Now move on to pick number 25. This is my worst pick in the draft. My other than with is my worst pick. And Travis Etienne, great prospect again. But it makes no sense. Like you got, you have other needs to fill. You got an offensive line to fill. You got holes there. And you go to get Travis Etienne when James Rollins was the top five in rushing last year, and you just signed Carlos Hyde, and Urban Meyer came's like, yeah, he's our third down back. That's what you're using for. You're not spending a first-round pick on a third down back uh, unless he's their lead back. But James Robinson just popped off for an incredible year behind a bad offense on in a bad offense. Undrafted rookie. Didn't get rewarded this year and now has to compete with Travis Etienne. So I think James Robinson's the biggest loser of this because he did everything. Undrafted agent worked his way up and finished top five in the rushing Erimari goes in there and plays with Travis Etienne, the more exciting player, but value, I, I, I hate the pick. Absolutely hate it. I said Najee Harris might be one of the worst picks in the draft. This is this is worse because at least the Steelers had a need at running back. Jaguars don't. They're the poster boys for why you shouldn't take a first-round running back. They got a starter, quality <laughs> starter, as an undrafted free agent. And now they're like, oh, the they're like, really, they ate the candy. They got Travis Etienne when they had needs in other places. They could have taken – they have wide receivers, but I would have loved if they took another one and gave Lawrence another weapon. I would have loved if they got another offensive lineman for Lawrence. I would have loved if they attacked anywhere on the defense. Uh, terrible, terrible value, even though I have Etienne as my number one running back. I, I just hate this because they have one. <sighs> terrible to stop talking now. Yeah, I, I think Kadarius Tony would have been awesome. I, I think fucking him, Lawrence, would, would have been awesome, awesome, great. Um, I think that, listen, if Etienne is really, really good and, like, compares to Kamara in a couple of years, then the, th- then I will say it's a good pick because if he is that good, if, if their evaluation on him is that and you really, really think he's going to be incredible, incredible, top – five running back to the NFL and he is in a couple of years and we'll all eat our words. However, like they already have James Robinson. I, I think the thing here is urban Meyer just came in here. He never, he didn't spend time with James Robinson. He probably doesn't, he's probably met him like one time over zoom, probably two. 
he doesn't know the guys. So he wants his own guys to come in. And this is the problem when you let your head coach make your decisions. You see the difference in the Packers. Malafleur can't even fucking get his guys. And you have Urban Meyer say, this is the guy I want, and he gets it. So I think that it was poor analysis on the organization's perspective of their current roster needs, and they fucked up. Now, let's just hope that ATN's good and that fuck-up's not that bad in the future. The thing I want to say, too, before Yobi Mac is, Russell Wilson, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, haven't got a receiver offensive line drafted ever and Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence come in. Trevor Lawrence gets his guy in Etienne. He had to have some say in that, 100%. He's his, one of his best friends running back in college. Joe Burrow gets Jamar Chase. So what, what's with these young guys, this new generation, getting what they want with veteran pros and Hall of Famers can't get what they want? That, that was the exact point I was going to make there. Um, <laughs> they probably made Lawrence happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also a little bit more worth the pick when you're making your franchise guy happy or you're seeing what's happening with uh, Aaron Rodgers and these guys that, that want out. So you make Lawrence happy. That might be a little bit more uh, value that you can add to the pick. But you know what make Lawrence happier? If, if he gets a chip in a couple of years. That, that's, uh, that ain't happening. But I, 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 agree. I agree with you guys. I, I think this – but that's a new generation, man. You you look at, like, millennials and kids our age, and, and it's I want, I want, I want, and, and – it's interesting. It's interesting. Different philosophy, different conversation. All right. So we got pick 26. Honestly, I've said a lot of picks. My favorite. This has got to be top five for me. Greg Newsom, the Browns, fills an immediate hole. They need someone to play beside Denzel Ward. Greedy Williams is injured, but you can put Greedy Williams or Newsom in the slot. Love Greg Newsom as a prospect. Fills a need. A-plus pick for the Browns. They fill two needs with getting Newsom and then Jail Kim the second. Phenomenal picks by Andrew Barry. Absolute genius. And A plus draft for the Browns. They knocked out of the park and they're going to be legit contenders in the AFC as well. This is what happens when you put smart people uh, in roles. Andrew Barry is awesome. Since he's come in, I, I can't say enough about him. He's my him and Chris Ballard over the past couple of years have been the two best general managers in the league. Phenomenal draft. Getting JOK uh, as late as he did in the second round was, again, another phenomenal pick. Greg Newsom's going to fill a need here. This defense, man, as a Ravens fan, I am scared of the Browns. The Browns and the Ravens are, might be two of the favorites uh, once you get past the, the Chiefs uh, in the AFC. Well said. Um, Exactly what I was going to say. Like, complete polar opposite. That's what I'm trying to say. The complete polar opposite of the Las Vegas Raiders. Where it's just intelligent people making intelligent moves. Um, brilliant pick. Loved it. He's – he. I would love to learn from him because he yeah. he's a guy who's just so smart. He's just making every right move. And Greg Newsom's a guy who shot a lot of boards. He can play ball. That guy <laughs> – he, and he's, he doesn't have to play uh, immediately. Like, for example, if, if Sertain got drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, Sertain would have to come in, boom, automatically. You're just number one. Newsom's going to be able to, to chill for a little bit, have Denzel Ward kind of take some of the pressure off. Um, I, I loved it. Yeah. And let, like, and it's, so you're it's, Max. It's, it's not like Barry and Boward make, like, all the right picks, but they understand where the value's at. I'm not, I'm not saying they're perfect, but – Whenever they make the past couple of years, these guys have always drafted guys that aren't too high above uh, where they're expected to go. And it's just, they have a good understanding of where the value is. 
Yeah, when you look at Andrew Barry, intelligent, Harvard grad, 34-year-old genius. So that's something about smarts, but when you think of Mayock, someone who played in a league, just like ignorance and stuff like that. So it's smart over ignorance, and Barry is a genius. He's made all the right moves so far, and if he's leading my franchise, couldn't be more happy with the hands of Andrew Barry, who's an absolute genius. So then we move on to... Isn't he African-American too? Yeah. He's one of a few... Fuck. He's like... Yeah. Uh, there it is. Uh, one second. I just got to pull the draft. It's pick 25. Oh, wait. I, I know who it is, buddy. I oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to talk first. <laughs> uh. let, me, let me tee this up. So, so, oh, beep. No, no, no. okay, no. go, go, go. <laughs> and uh, I come running because fucking five minutes left. The, the pick is in. I come running downstairs. Take, take it away, BMAC. Yeah. So, I was, I was talking to Willie before the draft. I was like, I don't think Rashad Bateman's going to be there at 27 for the Ravens, but if he's there and the Ravens don't take him, you better, you better like make sure I'm okay. Because I'm <laughs> going to be very, very sad. He's there at 27. I'm crossing my fingers. Take Bateman, take Bateman. What do the Ravens do? They take Rashad Bateman. I'm getting a Jersey uh, as soon as he picks his number. Throughout this entire process, if you've been listening to this podcast, Rashad Bateman is my favorite prospect in the entire draft. The Ravens are my favorite team. Love this pick. He's going to be awesome for Lamar Jackson. He may not put up the numbers he would in some other systems simply because Baltimore doesn't throw the ball as much. But this is this fills a need. He fits well in their system. This is an awesome pick. A plus. A plus. I love. I love the pick. Like BMAC, I'm a big, I'm massive Rashad Bateman fan. Liked him when he, a uh, year ago at Minnesota, when he put up amazing numbers, put up a 250-yard game when I was watching just a random game. So that's when I started liking him as well. Phenomenal pick, great speed, great hands, something bigger receiver, good size. It's going to help Lamar Jackson. Can block two in the run game. Phenomenal pick. I, I couldn't be happier for you, BMAC. It's great when you get your favorite prospect in your class and your favorite team. Yeah, he's also like, he's a guy who had COVID last year. Um before like the season and then he ended up opting back in and like you saw maybe he didn't put up quite as good numbers as he did the year before but a lot of that's because of other stuff i think if he would have played this year he would have been a lot higher pick they also forced forced him to play in the slot this year when he didn't wasn't as good when he played in the boundary he was a consensus like top 15 pick so they put him the slot which probably hurt his job stock a bit with the opt-out but if he's not playing the slides playing the outside watch out because the shot bateman's gonna be a stud very happy. Very happy. Well said, boys. All righty. Pick uh, 28. Peyton Turner goes to the, the Saints. Here's my philosophy here. Peyton Turner's a fine prospect. Reaching the Valley. They always do this. They go up and trade two years ago in the, I think it's 14 overall. Take Marcus Davenport. Reach. Lower tier school. Take Peyton Turner here. Peyton Turner's a fine prospect. I, he, I thought he was a more of a late second round pick. Decent Tate. Decent athleticism. It was a reach, in my opinion, but the Saints always do this, especially the Marcus Davenport as an example as well. I always give the Saints a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Uh, I didn't like this pick. I thought it was poor value. Um, but they have had a lot of good picks in the past, so I do give them, more than the Raiders, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. What, what this pick kind of reminded me of is um, the Seattle Seahawks, when they always make picks. It's like, oh, yeah, we're picking Jordan Brooks here. And, yeah, Jordan Brooks is a fine player. You know, he does a lot of good things. And then Jordan Brooks doesn't really do anything at the next level. 
Um, I, I think that they're, they're really good at finding value, especially offensive linemen. I can't chirp their offensive line picks. Um, however, I yeah, like again, it, it's a player where I honestly think it's gonna be the same thing as LJ Collier, Brooks, fucking a, a, every other Seattle Seahawks pick. I think we're <laughs> gonna see the same thing with the with the Saints. However, you know, they're they're good at finding value. I just I don't know. Alrighty, pick twenty nine. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. I thought they'd go receiver for sure. Elijah Moore. I thought this is locked in stone. They go Eric Stokes, corner out of Georgia. I might be in the minority, but I really like this pick. I, th- I really like Eric Stokes, the prospect. Great athleticism, good corner. And they need a need at corner, someone to play beside Jared Alexander because Kevin King ain't it. He got toasted. Can kick Kevin King in the slot, which is probably where he can play. Could have won Elijah Moore here, but they got Amari Rogers in the third round, which I think is phenomenal value. So they saw, saw that receiver need as well. Might have made Aaron Rodgers unhappy, but I think Eric Stokes is a good pick. I, I like Stokes, the prospect. Might be a minority here, but I think it's a good pick for the Packers. Uh, you're in the minority uh, when it comes to me. I didn't like this pick uh, too much, especially with all the Aaron Rodgers things happening. Uh, I think you, you might have had to bend the knee a little bit and just draft him a receiver and see if that makes him uh, come back. I also, like, I, I had cornerbacks higher on my board than Eric Stokes, um, and a lot of other people did too. Um, but they're a team that, I guess, fell in love with his size and his speed which is really intriguing. He could be really good at the next level, but I don't know if he's as good of a natural corner as guys like Asante Samuel, who are still on the board. Yeah, you know, it's difficult to to say, you know. uh, Anyways, sorry, (laughs) I lost my train of thought there. Um, One of the interesting parts is what what Boya said is, when when you watched uh, the Green Bay Packers last year, they lost because Kevin King. That's that's the reason why they lost. Period. Um, Kevin King should not be allowed in that building. They should have cut his ass. They resigned him. him. <laughs> oh fucking! And all the fucking Packers fans too. Kevin King sucks. Um, here's what I have to say about this pick. I think they should have got wide receiver. And and he, here's the reason. I, I don't mind them going cornerback. However, Richard Sherman, Casey Hayward. Um, there are a lot of really good cornerbacks available on the open market. Now I understand they don't have that much money because they resigned Aaron Jones. <laughs> uh, different conversation. Um, however, I I I think that they should have re-signed a cornerback and then drafted someone like Elijah Moore. I think that would have been uh, smarter. However, they got Eric Stokes. I don't hate it. I'd give it a B. I wouldn't give it an A plus. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I'd give BB plus two. Um, we'll move on to pick 30. Gregory Russo to the the Bills. Here's my thing. I think it's good value for Russo at 30 because of his upside, but I don't like the pick just because where the Bills are headed. The Bills want to compete now. They have a roster that's ready to compete, and you're taking a project player in Russo who won't be ready for one or two years. I think Russo's a good player. I just don't like – Bills fans are – I agree with me too. I was talking to a couple of them. You want to compete now. You have a position where you have Josh Allen as rookie contract. He's going to get paid in a year, and you need to compete now. You could have got an impactful player, someone like Asante Samuel Jr. to fill a need. Russo won't really play a lot next year. He's a project player. It doesn't make sense. They took a lot of projects. They got Spencer Brown is another project player. So I think the Bills got good value here, but I don't think it's a good fit because he's a project player. They, they double-dipped that edge with uh, Boogie Basham in the second round, who I really, I really like him, uh, especially the value they got um, with him there. Um, 
but th this was a big need for them. I think this was them drafting for need um, more than talent. Uh, but there were also guys I liked at edge better than Russo. I think he projects better as an inter smaller interior rusher. I don't know that he can defend the run as well on first and second down, but I think he moves the interior on third down to rush the passer. I didn't love the pick, but it was a need for them. He's a decent talent, so I can't knock it too much, especially when the Bills have been a pretty good drafted team for the past couple of years. Yeah, I completely agree with every single point that you guys made. Um, I just think where you said they're going to draft for a need, boy, is – I just think that their need for not rushing the passer last year was so bad. It, it kind of, I think, just backed them into a corner where it was just, it was just so awful. Like, uh, like arguably the worst NFL, one of the worst NFL. It was just, they, they lost games because they just couldn't get back there, man. And like, you saw it against the, the Chiefs. And so, yeah, I, I, I did everything you guys say. I think that's the reason why they did it. And I love them double dipping. Um, however, yeah, I, I, I think that they had no other choice uh, but to do that. Yeah, well well said. Uh, so move on to pick 31, the Baltimore Ravens from the Chiefs take Odefe away, not Jason anymore, uh, out of Penn State. Super athletic freak. I like the pick for the Ravens. Uh, super athletic, can help in the pass rush. If he, He's got all the intangibles to be a very, very good pass rusher. He's got to develop more skills. He's a bit raw, but... At the end of the first round, I think it's good value for away. I think this is right where he should have went, and I, I don't mind the pick. I think I think it's like a B plus or A minus kind of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's kind of like a B pick. It's not out of this world. Uh, it's decent value considering the traits he has. I like him better because he went to the Ravens, and the Ravens are so good at developing edge talent. Um, and I think that's what he needs. He's a really raw, athletic freak, and you get him in that Baltimore Ravens building where they can teach him some pass rushing moves. I think he could improve a, a lot, even though like he didn't have a sack last year in college, which is concerning, but there's also other guys that have, that that's happened to them. They've been successful in the NFL. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I like that he went to the Ravens, um, but I'm not like too excited about it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a factory going to the Ravens, right? Like you kind of see it a little bit with uh, when the Packers draft offensive linemen where they're just like, okay, here are the traits. And then they're going to be this good. Um, I think Jason away has all the traits. Um, and, now. Oh, I'm not going to fucking. Own <laughs> I can, I can barely remember my own name, man. Come on. Um, yeah, like I, I, I agree. I agree. B, B plus A minus pick. I'm really. I hope. I hope he's gonna be a beast. Uh, I love. I really like the prospect. All right. So round up the first round. The Buccaneers pick. They legit have no needs. Their, their rosters are turning everyone from a Super Bowl team again. Super Bowl contenders. Take Joe Tryon out of Washington. I like the pick for them. With the Don Sue getting older, they they need help on the D line. He's not a DT, but he can play DN. He's got some three four outside linebacker traits as well. I think Tryon's a great, great pick for them. Doesn't have to play right away, but we'll be able to develop in a good defensive system at uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, the, considering Tampa didn't have many needs, there, there wasn't really going to be many players that they could pick here that would start on this team. Tryon's probably not going to start either. Like they, they have Jason Pierre-Paul, and they have – why am I blanking right Shaq now? Barrett. Shaq Barrett. Shaq yeah. Um, so, so he's not going to start, but – Edge rush is a position where it's good to rotate guys through, keep guys fresh. 
Um, so this is a position that they're going to get value out of this year when a lot of other positions, if they had drafted a quarterback or, or some of these other positions, they weren't going to start anyways. At least they're going to get some value out of Tryon. And once Pierre Paul probably leaves after next year, uh, he'll start. So I actually really like this pick. Well said, sir. Like, he's no Kyle Trask, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Kyle yeah. Trask me a stud watch because he's – Nah. He's getting mentored by Brady, man. Like that's all. <laughs> Fuck off, Kyle Jackson. <laughs> He's You're telling through. me being mentored by Brady isn't going to be a huge advantage for him. You, you went on all the last time saying how smart he was. Like he does this with his temperature, and you say being mentored by the greatest quarterback of all time is not going to help you learn the in and, in and outs of the game, how to read defenses. I think that's- Kyle Travis is ecstatic because he's going to learn so much that no other QB really could learn in this class. Like we we were talking about Rogers earlier too. The big difference between Rogers and Brady is Brady inspires you. Where you see Rogers kind of get frustrated with his teammates that aren't up to his talent level. Brady embraces his teammates. He inspires them. Um, so picking Trask in, in the second round, I think he could be really good in a couple of years just because of who he's going to learn from. And and I I think you're absolutely correct and. More, this is kind of a philosophical statement, and, and I know it's been a long podcast so far, so we'll try to wrap it up soon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but um, I, I think Brady's the type of guy as a human being who has to work for it. He works for everything he gets. He's the type of guy who's, who's in the building at 3 a.m., and I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't that guy. I just think it comes more naturally to Aaron Rodgers, where he gets pissed because he's like, why the fuck aren't you guys as cool? <laughs> You know, I, I, I think it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up our debrief of the first round. Like Willie said, we'll have more episodes coming up this week, kind of grading each team, best picks, worst picks, sleepers, kind of that area. Um, I don't have a two-minute warning plan. Uh, it's a bit of a longer podcast, so if you guys have anything else to say before we sign off. No, let's skip uh, the two-minute warning, uh, unless you have one, Willie. But uh, it's been a really long podcast. So if you listen to this all, thank you. Um, yeah. If you uh, listen to this entire podcast, tweet at us, hashtag call us recruits, hashtag fire Mike Mayock, hashtag John Gruden sucks, hashtag BMAC for president. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Before we sign off, shout out Hickory Dickory Dex, Burlington, Dundas, Milton for being a sponsor. Can't, can't say enough about them. Great, great, great decks. And uh, thank you for sponsoring us on this road. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Take it easy. And as I arrived, I thought I saw you leaving, carrying your shoes. Decided that once again I was just dreaming of opening to you. Now it's three in the morning, and I'm trying to change your mind. Left you multiple missed calls, and to my message you replied. Why'd you only call me when you're high?